God inspired Matthew to pen this in this sequence. So when we minister in this sequence, we're being led by the Spirit. Now, I like to just simplify stuff. Just make it easy to understand for me. You know? I, mean, I come from Randfontein. You know? The bright sparks don't come from Randfontein. <laughs> All right, so we'll keep it simple. So we're on Matthew 6 to 16, and we're going to start from verse 21. So the title of the message I want to share with you this morning is, Are you being obedient to what heaven is saying to you? Are you following what God is speaking to you? All right, so listen to this. Now, it's an interesting piece of scripture because it looks a little bit about Jesus in his leadership, but also in his friendship. And he's got two hats. There's a duality in our relationship with Christ. There's the friend that we have in Jesus, but there's the leader, the God that we have in Jesus. Okay? And he wears those hats equally balanced to the T perfect. He never makes a mistake. Never. And that's a challenge for you and I. So we'll see a couple of things from that. So let's read together. So now, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chiefs and the priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised to the third day. Where do you think he got this idea? He had to spend time in prayer. The Father is giving Jesus a vision for his life, a ministry, a call that he has to go and follow. It's not a nice one. Son, I want you to do the following. I want you to go to communist China and go preach the gospel. Lord, send me anywhere but Africa. I want you to go into the Amazon. Where are you going to get that? You're only going to get it from the Lord. You're only going to get it from spending time. It might not be what you want, but it will be the thing that you love the most. You see, Jesus got his vision and his purpose from prayer. And here's the problem with modern day prayer. It's our bucket list. It's our wish list and our complaints list. That's how we pray. Ah, Lord, you know. Ah, Lord, you know. And Lord, will you help this? And Lord, this. And Lord, that. And I would like to have a new car, Lord. And I would like to... And, 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 and Lord, would you do... And nowhere... Is there, Father, speak to me. What's on your heart? You see, if we attempt relationship with any person on earth, and we never give them time to speak, how far is that relationship going? Go try it with your missus and see. You're going to sleep up welcome. No? Yes. Go try it with any person. Go try it with your business partner. And you don't give him a time to speak. Or when he speaks, you don't listen. You see, prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. 
My sheep know my voice. God wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to impart vision to you and purpose to you. He wants to tell you what he's planned for you. But you will never, you and I will never get that if we don't get to a place where we actually become quiet and say, Father, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what your plan is. Jesus says, I do nothing which I don't see my father do. That's a vision. God gave him a vision. This is what's going to happen, my son. So when he heals somebody, the Lord showed him, I'm going to heal that person. Now, here's the big thing. In the modern world, we get thumbsuck visualization. Everybody do this. I'm joking. <laughs> thumbsuck visualization. Mm. Mm. Yes, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Mm. If, you, if you name it and claim it, if you call it, if you visualize, call it, speak it into existence. You cannot work by the Spirit of God and manipulate the Spirit of God. You can, and you might be able to function in the Spirit wrong by a whole different Spirit and use that manipulative Spirit. Yes. 100%. But the Spirit of God can never be manipulated. Okay? Can't. You can't intimidate God with your visualization. Name it, claim it, frame it. You know the joke. That's why you're laughing. You can't do that. You can only see God gives you vision of what he wants to do. And you can only hear, Jesus says, I say nothing which I don't hear my father say. He's walking with us. So he's saying, he's telling his disciples, I'm going to go and die for you. I'm going to go to a cross. They're going to beat me. They're going to rip the skin off my flesh. Break my, you know, they're going to nail me to a cross. I'm going to die. He's got this vision from heaven. And the anxiety that he had coming closer to that cause, that's a medical thing, you can read up about that, the sweating of the blood. It's, that happens when you get that amount of anxiety. Because he knew what's coming. He saw it. God gave him a vision. Ezekiel, God gave a vision. About the train filling his, the train of his robe filling the temple, and the four creatures with the four faces, with a, 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 the one face is that of a man, a bull, an eagle, and a lion, and they're each going in the in same direction, but never turning around, always going in the same direction, having a wheel upon a wheel as its feet. Go read in Ezekiel. It doesn't quite make sense. I'm still waiting for the person to dare and paint that accurately to see this vision. He sees, God gives visions to those who spend time in his glory. He's got a vision for you. He's got a plan for your life. Here's the thing, when you get a plan for your life, let's read on. Let's read on. Let me not run ahead of myself. 
Then Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And this is where leadership comes in. Jesus' leadership is perfect. Jesus says, this is what's going to happen. But he says, I will listen to you. I'm not going to agree with you necessarily, but I'll listen to you. You see, other times Jesus listened. Remember the, when he fed the 5,000? He said, the disciples came and said, Lord, the people are hungry. Jesus listened to him. He says, okay, bring me what you got. We'll feed them. He listens. You see, but your opinion, do you know how many opinions there are in the world? You can go on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok and find millions of opinions right now. An opinion is not really a very valuable thing. It's not a commodity. Mine, your opinion is not that important. Does it make sense? It's not. Everybody's got an opinion. It's like a nose. Everybody's got one. You see, but when you see from heaven and you get that vision, people's opinion don't count anymore. Doesn't mean you won't listen. Yes, you'll listen. You'll take input. You'll weigh it up. Does it fit or does it not fit? You see, look what Jesus does. He's open to speak to. Peter went and spoke to him, but Peter had the audacity to rebuke him. You see, here's the thing. It's the duality of the relationship, the friendship and the lordship of Jesus Christ. Please don't ever call yourself friend of God. That's arrogant. Abraham never called himself friend of God. Abraham was called a friend of God. Other people called him a friend of God. Other people called him man of God. Other people called him prophet. Other people called him teacher. Other pe- he never went around and said, strutting my stuff. I'm the man of God, yeah. I'm a friend of God. He never did that. Let other people call you friend of God. You've got one title that you can claim. John 1, 12, child of God. You've been given that right. You can go read there. He's given you the right to be called child of God. So you can call yourself, I am a child of God. If you want a title. That's why I don't walk around saying, Pastor Silence, Pastor, I'm a pastor. My name is Wilco. If you want to title me, put the ST in front. Okay, Saint Walker. <laughs> because you, you're all saints, eh? Very good. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. You're a stumbling block to me. For you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. I just want to know, at that moment, how Peter felt being called Satan. Not, sorry, you're wrong. Rod, Rod, I I hear you, but I don't disagree with you. No, no. He cups him, Satan. Satan. 
How do you think he felt? In our emotional world that we live in, because we're oh so emotional and sensitive. Does Jesus being insensitive? He's perfect. So he's got all the right. He's doing it perfectly. Remember, he's doing this leadership and friendship duality perfectly. And he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. How do you think Peter felt? I, wanted, I just wanted to know, where was Matthew? Was Matthew there, sneaking around a tree? <laughs> Look, I'm going to pin this. <laughs> or did he go ask Jesus, hey, what did you guys talk about? Do you remember now I'm writing here? Or did he go ask Peter? And if you ask Peter, they're like, so just off the record, how did you feel about that? Well, one thing he didn't do, he didn't run for the hills. He's stuck. He's stuck. You see, when we understand our vision for our lives, okay, for our ministry, for our calling, for what God's calling us, we will not listen to every voice. People might get offended. And other people, and they might run. Or they can be offended and stay and grow. Because the vision that God gave me, you weren't there. Am I right? The vision that God gave you, I wasn't there. I can give you some advice, share a little bit of my wisdom and opinion. But like I said, my opinion only counts as much as the next guy on Facebook's opinion. You see, you can't be thrown by what God's given you to do. God will only give that to you when you are in dialogue, when you see the vision and hear his voice. I want you to do me a favor. Please put the lyrics of the first two songs. We're going to go through that slowly. Just put them on the board. I want to show you something. See, God has called me for this congregation. Amen? All right? And God has told me we will worship Vertically, not horizontally. Does it make sense? Vertically, not horizontally. Every praise to our God, every word of worship, one accord. Every praise to our God, sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah to our God. Every praise, every praise to our God. What's the praise you're singing? I want you to see this. What's the praise that you're singing? What are you praising him for? Every praise, but what, what are we praising? Or are we just saying it? Lord, I praise you for the sunshine. Lord, I praise you for the mountains and the ocean and the eagle in the sky. What's that animal you were looking for the whole time? The lamachai. I praise you for that lamachai. Lord, I praise you for my beautiful wife and children. Lord, I praise you for something. Every praise. God, my Savior, God, my King. Go through the next song. I want to show you something. I love you, Lord. That's nice. Uh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I want you to see how many eyes are in these lyrics. I love you all my days. I have been held from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head down. Next verse. I will sing of the goodness. Next verse. All my life, all my life, every breath, I, 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 who am I singing about? Me. I'm worshiping me and not him. Now go to the last song. I want to show you something. Go to the last song. Last, in it is I, um, 
His name is Jesus. There's only one strong enough to save. That's definitely not you and I, am I right? There's only one to overcome the grave. That's not you and I. There's only one who is worthy of all praise. Okay, next one. In his hands, in his name, by his blood, our sins are washed away. Next one. His name is Jesus. Can you see suddenly how it's no longer horizontal and it's just gone vertical? All right. Now, Kit might take offense now. I'm not aiming at Kit. I'm giving you the vision God gave me. We will worship vertically. We won't sing about us because it ain't about us. It's about him. Now, I'm not calling you Satan, am I? I'm just giving you the vision. Jesus goes a little bit further and says, Satan, you're a stumbling block to me. Peter had to decide how he's going to react. Whether he's going to pull or stay. Credit to Peter, he's stuck. He's stuck in there. How come? Because he knew the words of life is with him. The words of life is with Jesus. Does it make sense? Thank you. So he said, you're stumbling. He says, Peter, your mind is not set on the things of God. Your mind is thinking on the things of the earth. You, you're dwelling here, Pete. You're not, you're, not, you're not thinking what I'm thinking. Peter, you're not in prayer. Peter, you're not having vision from heaven. You are worrying about you. What I will wear, where I would stay, how my feelings are affected. Pete, I want you to get on your knees and I want you to get a vision from God for your life. Where are you going with your life? You see, yeah, but you know, I'm 60 in the shade, one foot in the grave. God don't care about that. Well, I'm only 14. Well, it's about the time. I've got to be very careful when I say this. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. Okay? So don't say I fall pregnant at 14. <laughs> I'm saying God doesn't care about age. Caleb was 80 years old when he said, Joshua, I'm going now to go claim my territory, the high ground. That's the vision God gave me. I'm 80. I'm going now. Moses, 40 years old, goes into the desert. Spends 40 years in the desert. He's 80 now. He comes out, he gets the Israel, the Hebrews, and he says, let's spend another 40 in the desert. That's his call. Age is not an issue for God. Jeremiah, 21 years old, when the Lord come upon him. David, 16, when he's anointed as king. Age does not matter. What matters is, will you get into his presence? Will you go into the holiest? Hebrews 10 says, and he made a new and living way for us to come into the holiest, into his presence where he is. 
through the veil that was torn, his flesh, Jesus Christ, that we might come, Hebrews 4, with boldness and liberty, run to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in a time of need. So we can get some vision for what we're doing, where we're going. Because without the vision, I will listen to opinions all day long. And I will be like that wave, tossed to and fro. And I'll get upset with this pastor and go to that church. And I'll get upset with that pastor and go to that church. And I'll be upset with that guy and go to that church. And I'll never find a home where I can anchor myself and be planted and start growing my roots and start being loved and become that tree in Psalm 1 that is planted by rivers of water, that bears fruit in season, that has green leaves where people can sit under and birds can rest in. I can never become that because I'm a gypsy at heart. I'm running and the minute you offend me, the minute you rebuke me, the minute you correct me, I'll go to another pastor. I'll find another family. So, I'll tell you what, I've gone through half a, well, two dozen kids by now. If they had to run every time I offend them. So you've got to stay. You've got to stick and say, this is my family. This is where I am. And I've got to go push in and say, Lord, what's the vision for my life? Where do I fit in? Where, where do I gel? Where's the chemistry? Where do I belong? I want to tell you, if you, yeah, you belong here. If you hear what I'm saying, you belong here. If you've got an utter disdain for me, and you don't like me, then you probably don't belong here. Okay? And I'm okay with that. I'm really okay. Really. Dusty Hack, you're more than welcome to go. But when you hear, my vision, what the Lord has given me to protect the flock that he's given me, that I am going to be accountable over one day. It'll, that's how it's going to work. So you want to become part of the coffee team. Well, you've got to come to training. You don't come to training on a Wednesday night, you're not going to be on the coffee team. Why? Because I'm not called to get people on a coffee team, I'm called to make the disciples. I do that on Wednesday nights, half past six. You're more than welcome. And if you can't afford the little booklet, just tell me. Because it's not about the money. You see, we've got to understand that Jesus is not so concerned about our fragile emotions. But you're being hard. Well, I'm not being hard. I'm being so encouraging this morning. I want to encourage you, get into the presence of God. Get in there. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. Or my feelings. My, my, my husband just fought with me. My kids. Get in there. Get in there. It's free. It's open. You can just run in. You don't have to wear a bunch of bells and whistles. You don't have to go and cut a goat's throat. And bring an offering. Have you done that before? Have you stuck your hand in the animals and cut them? They have the blood squirt all over you. I did that for the first time this week. My word. The first I was like, Peter, you do it. <laughs> it's only by the last one I got it right, half right. I still couldn't get it proper right. And they had the blood. You don't have to do that. 
You don't have to chop the thing and bring an altar and burn it and hope God accepts your sacrifice that for the last week or month your heart has been pure enough. See, it's not on you. It's on Jesus. He's the perfect lamb that was already slain, made a way so you and I can just run, press in, come get some vision, come hear what Father says, come see what Father sees over your life. So now, now, somebody tells you, where are you going? What's going to happen with your life? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know you haven't been with God. You haven't dug in there. You haven't gone into that place. You know, <coughs> excuse me. God is so faithful that he will speak to you when you're unsaved. When you know nothing of God, he'll speak to you. I'll give you an example. I was six years old standing on a tea farm, Sapico. I can take you to the blade of grass. My dad was standing next to a braai with a um. And they asked me, what do you want to become? I'm six. Never been in a church. Don't know God. Nothing. Do my dad said, well, you're not going to come to Germany. You're going to become a fighter pilot. <laughs> My mom said, you'll be a bodybuilder. How did that six-year-old just utter those words? How? Spirit of God. God will speak to you if you're unsaved. He has birthed it in you. It's in your heart. It's in your DNA. He has planted inside of you what he wants to do. Will you have the courage to step up, go in there and say, Lord, let's wrestle this thing down from heaven. Let's wrestle it down from heaven. You see, I don't like to run to people for word, for prophecies. I don't like that. A week or so ago, there was a prophetess down here. And you know how much I like titles. But something in me said, Go. And while we were eating, I looked down at my watch and I said, I haven't even discussed this. I'm leaving now. I'm going. I went incognito. At least I tried to go incognito. I put a beanie over. Right, yeah. You know, got my beanie. I had a jacket on. I zipped it up because I didn't want to be recognized. And I came in and I sat in a very, very neutral place where you're sitting. It's like a nice place. You're not standing out, you know, just sitting down there. And the lady went on, and afterwards she gave me six minutes of prophecy. And I listened to it, and nothing she said was new. Everything she said was confirming what's happening in my heart and what's been happening. She started with this. Now, you guys don't know it. 2017, June, July, the Lord said to me, go sit in your office and remain there. Stop kicking doors down. Stop trying to do. Stop making, trying to make things happen. Go sit in your office and remain there. How many have heard me say, the Lord hasn't told me to come out yet? How many, just put up your hand if you heard me say that. There's a couple of hands that have gone up. The lady starts off. The Lord says, the, the time in the cave is over. That's how she starts it. She doesn't know me from a bar of soap. I've never seen her in my life. 
But it's confirming because in the last bit, the Lord has been pressing on my heart to have an outreach to Louisiana. Do you think we've had some resistance getting that going? Yes, lots. Satan, get behind me. Church at pub. The Lord's been pressing on my heart. We must have a church at pub. Some, maybe once a month, once a quarter. At some pub, just go there with 10, 15 people, do three or four songs, have a 15-minute message, and pray for the people. So I went to saw a pub. They said it's okay, but they're closing down. The next day, the wind blew the roof off that place. Don't tell me no now. You mag dalk your dak I'm joking. <laughs> and the other one is, the Lord said we need to have a harvest event. Next year, Easter, we're going to do a play. It's called Hellhole. All right? So if you've got half acting skills, please enroll. We need about 25 actors. Okay? And we need 20,000 rand to buy, the, to buy it. Do you think there's some resistance? Yes. Satan, get behind me. You see, what's going to happen? People are going to have opinions. No, it's not a good idea. Da, da, da. Frankly, my dear Watson, I won't say that, but yeah. <laughs> you know where that line goes, eh? Listen to what Jesus said to him. He said, get behind because you're mindful, not of things of God. Go to Hebrews 12, 2 for me on top there. You see, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, why would Jesus go to the cross? Why would he go there? For the joy. What joy? I want you to see, when God gives vision, that vision will always lead to one thing. It will not lead always to money and fame and popularity and celebrity status. But it will lead to one thing. That's the same joy that was set before him to endure the cross, despising shame, and has set him down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know what that joy is? You and I. Every person he purchases from hell rips out of the gates of hell. Every person that gets saved. That's what Jesus saw when he looked beyond the cross. When God gives you vision, it will lead to, lead to salvation of souls. It will not lead to you being pampered up in a nice posy. That's not good. God didn't die for our luxury and our prosperity. He died so that we would not perish. Or am I reading my Bible wrong? John 3.16 says that. I didn't come for the saints or for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. A doctor doesn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. He came for the lost souls. You see, maybe this morning, you that lost soul. You know that you know that you know you're not saved or that you are saved. I can't tell you that. Go to the next text, please. Philippians 2.8. And being found in fashion as a man, that's Jesus, came down as a man. He humbled himself, becoming becoming obedient even unto death. He got the vision. He got the vision. He said, I, I will be obedient to my vision, to the purpose, and the, even if I die, even the death on the cross. Thank you. Where also God highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name. That in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. I want you to get that. 
This, Kit, are you ready? Genesis 1, verse 26. God says, let us make man in our image. This is now coming to me. This didn't come in my preparation. Man, this is like... I'm, and let's give him dominion over the birds in the air, things of heaven, the cattle on the earth, things on earth, and the fish in the sea, the things under the earth. He said, all those spheres will bow to the name of Jesus and declare that he is Lord. I want you to get this. Not Mary, not Muhammad, not Saddam Hussein, or some Pakistan, Handai, Shandai, Bautai, no tree, none of that is the name above all names. None of that's the way to heaven. There's one way. Not your wealth and not your daddy's car because it stops at every bar. That every time should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can choose to bow your knee. You can choose today, this week, this month, to bow your knee and say, Jesus is the only way. Amen. And come under his leadership. You get under his leadership. Not your opinion of his leadership. You come under his leadership. All right? Or one day you will be forced to do that. I want you to see that when Jesus comes again, some people are going to say, oh, it is, and they will bow. Others will begrudgingly do that. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And others will do it with hatred. But they will bow, and they will say that Jesus is Lord. Amen. I would rather be the one now and say, Father, here I am. You are Lord, and I'm not. Go to the next verse. I'm rushing myself. Finally, brethren, whatever things... You see, what Jesus is saying to Peter, to Peter yeah. He says, and Peter, you are mindful of the things on the earth, not of the heaven. So here's the thing. That mindful is to have an opinion or meditate or think upon something. To be persuaded in a certain argument, not of heaven. This is what Jesus says. He, what are you meditating on? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, things are honorable, whatever things are just pure, lovely, of good report, of virtue, of praise, think on these things. You see, there's no, nothing's going to help you to meditate on what happened in your life in the past. I've been molested. I was abused. I was rejected. You don't know where I'm coming from. <laughs> You know, it's not going to help you. Sorry if I'm insensitive. It's not going to help you. It's death. It brings about death and more death. And your dad gave you proper hidings and you'll overcompensate and not give your child hidings. And spoil him. And you didn't get everything in life that you needed. And you overcompensate. And you give your child everything they need. And you spoil them. Because you're dealing from hurt and pain. You're meditating on that. Oh, I was rejected. 
meditate on the word of the Lord. Get in the cave. Get in His presence, in His glory, and start meditating on His word. Read that. What are you saying? Let me give you an example. Psalm 23. Everybody knows Psalm 23. I'm certain. Who does not know Psalm 23? Everybody knows it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does that mean? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, one thing you can take from that is uh, we're all sheep. Not very clever. <laughs> you could take it that way. That's one way you can meditate on that. The other thing we can meditate on that is that it's not a modern day shepherd. It's an ancient shepherd. And he doesn't drive his sheep. He walks in front and calls them. Did you know that? They, he says, my sheep know my voice. And they would call, come. Come. And the sheep would follow. There's a difference in driving and being called. The world says you must be driven. God says, no, you are called. Being driven means I have an SS, a whip, and a sheepdog that drives you. <laughs> being called says, come, I'll take you to green pastures. You shall not want. You see, I've seen that with my own eyes, my brother-in-law. When we stayed in Pretoria, he'd come in the afternoon to the fence and all he'd say is, come, come. And it doesn't matter where those sheep are, they'd come. They'd just come to him. And they would walk behind him, straight into the kraal. He'll do it every afternoon. He never had to go down there with a whip. I'm finishing up. Give me a second. Then we can all talk. <laughs> I shall not want. What do we fret about the most? What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to stay? Petrol price going up. Fuel, you know, cost of living is going up. And, and are you meditating on the fact that the Lord says, I'm your shepherd, you shall not want? Or are you meditating on what the news is saying? See, that's why Smith Wigglesworth said, you don't come in with that newspaper into my house. That's bad news. He just meditated on the word. Shall not want. You know, in our country, the unemployment rate is what? Almost 50%. Children, especially, and we, I'm going to say it, the white children are fleeing this country because they are not on the employment list. Because everything is B, E, triple, what, what, what. What are they meditating on? The politics of the country. There's no peace there. Let's go to the next thing. I'm going to show you this. I want to show you this when I'm done. Then I'm done. For they are that are after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Very easy to understand. Next one. For the mind of the flesh is death. If you meditate on the flesh, meditate on the things of this world, it will end in death. Somewhere your body, your thinking, your creativity, it starts shutting down. You start getting so concerned and worried about what is going on that you've got no vision for the future. All right. But of the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. You want peace for this country? Christ is it. You want peace in your family, in your marriage, of your children, your wife? Meditate on the Lord. Meditate on the Lord. Be of the Spirit. Don't tell me you are of the Spirit. Get this. And you're standing with a hubbly. I'm thinking on the Lord. Oh, the Lord, no joint has ever drawn anybody closer to Christ. Never. 
No bottle of brandy has ever brought anyone closer to Christ. It drives you away because your conscience gets to you and you feel unworthy. And then there's an enemy that says, but you had a dop last night. You can't go to church. Remember now. You did that. Remember now. Remember your high school and all the ladies and the nightclubs and the fights. You, you can't do it. You see, when you meditate, just go one back for me, please. But when you meditate on the Spirit, it brings life. See, you start, see Adam, I like this, I love this scripture. Adam, it's in Hebrews. Adam was a living being. He gives life. You become creative. You drive through countries and places where they worship the dead. You will not see the grass grow. There will be no lawn. You go to Brazil, the buildings dilapidate. They, they die. Literally die. But you go to a place where Jesus has been preached and you see life. Because he's a life-giving spirit. And there's peace. There's peace. Christians don't go around killing people and say convert to Christianity. They don't do it. People have done it in the name of God, but they've never, 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 ever, ever heard from the Spirit of God by that. The Spirit of God doesn't say kill your enemies. The Spirit of God says love your enemies. All right. Thank you. Because the mind of the flesh is at war. Enmity means at war against God. So when I ponder and think about my fleshly desires, what I want, what I'm going to enjoy, what's going to be nice to me, I am at war with God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Next one. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God. How come can you not please God in the flesh? Because you've got to go into the throne room. And you've got to get faith. And faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. By the hearing of the word of God, faith will come. And then you need to be obedient. Because you're not going to start off with the big call. Being be able to be obedient unto death. You're going to be able to do the small things first and grow their muscles. So yesterday, we're driving through Harry Smith. We had to... Uh, get a car there and there's a, there's a beggar there and you can see he's an addict. You know those guys, just, they just come to your window and it, it just sucks the life out of you. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah? It sucks the life out of you. It's like, oh And I'm like, go away in my inside. And I hear the Lord say, you've been asking me to use you. You've been asking me for my power. What are you going to do? You see, the Lord is now rebuking me. So I get out of my car and I walk to the gentleman. And he's a proper addict. That's Nitanani. You can see him. He's, he is, he's a goner. I said, what's your name? Michael. He said, when God gives you vision of leave to souls being saved, Michael, if you die now, what's going to happen to you? Are you going to heaven or hell? You know, a lot of people think that's offensive. That's too direct. Well, I don't have time. I've got to get home. Son suck. I want to get home. I don't have time. You know what? We don't have time because people are dying. And they're going to hell now. 
How many people have you lost in the last six months? Five. I've got four or five people that I know personally that died in the last six months. And not one of them older than 55. Dead. Gone. Are they going to heaven or hell? To Michael, if you die now, are you going to heaven or hell? He says, I'm going to heaven. I said, what ground, son? Why would you go to heaven? What would you tell them? I said, I was shocked. He says, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I said, Mike, now you look me in the eyes because we're going to rebuke Satan. You see, why are you in the streets now? Why are you walking out of the beggar mentality? Why are you an orphan? Some spirit has got you hold of you. And I started rebuking a couple of spirits. Like, and he's like, I said, he says, I've got epilepsy. And I start to say, I don't mind that. You spirit of epilepsy, leave. Do you find that in the Bible? Did you see that in the word? It's written there. I saw it. I do what my father says. And suddenly I've got a boldness over me. I don't know if you could hear me. Suddenly there's an aggression. There's a purposefulness. There's a, there's, hey, get your hands off God's sheep now. You see, it will lead to people being saved and people being set free. By the time we left, he went to your car and he came back to my car. He said, the tears are there. He says, oh, I feel better. I feel better. See, we need to get in the room with the Lord. Get some vision from him. Read his word. He's talking to us. Get into his glory so we can have vision for what God wants us to And frankly, don't care too much about what everybody else is going to feel when we do that. Because if your feelings mattered, and if Jesus' feelings mattered, the cross would have never happened. Never. He went to the cross in spite of the feeling. Faith is, we're not led by feelings. We live by faith. We are led by our faith. Don't mind your feeling. It can lie to you. There's one more verse. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. I want you to get this. If you are born again, if you know that you know that you know that you know that you have surrendered your life and received Christ as your Redeemer, you are not of the flesh but of the Spirit. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, you can know. You, where you sit, you can know if you are a child of God. If you're not, please don't walk out that door today without coming to stand with me. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to dismiss the service. And people are going to go home. But if you do not have the security in your heart that you know, that you know, that you know, come stand in front. Don't mind your feelings. Okay? Because your feelings will tell you don't. Your feelings will say people are going to look at you. So what if they look at you? So what if you come and stand in front of you? And you cry and sob and God touches you. So what if people say, there he goes for the hundredth time to stand in front. So what? It's more important that you are saved. 
if so be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. But if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's the opposite. If the Spirit of Christ is not in you, and you get in a car accident around the corner, and you die, he says, you're none of mine. You don't go where you want to go. Please don't walk out that door. Come. Come stand here. We've got a ministry team. We will pray with you. And I'll do it next week, and the week thereafter, and the week thereafter, and the week thereafter, and the week thereafter, until the Lord does it. Until He gives you the rebirth and says, puts His stamp on your heart and says, You're mine. How long have you been coming to church, Emma? Your whole life. Yet last Sunday, I see the Lord touch her. I've known her for six, six years. But last Sunday, I see the Lord touch her. I'm walking on clouds. I'm excited. Don't let the people you love go to hell. Don't you go there and don't the people. Get in, get vision, start praying. Stop caring so much about the other. I'm going to offend them. Then offend them straight into heaven, but offend them. Let's close our eyes and we pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you that your word will come out and be in our hearts as positive and not as negative, Lord. That it will not be a condemning, but there is an urgency in the spirit, Lord, for souls and salvation. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, and we want draw us closer, Lord. Draw us closer that we might come into your throne room. We might get vision from you that we can see what you see and hear what you say. Father, and as your children sit here, I want to bless them. I bless them with boldness, Lord, to run to your throne of grace. To run there in a time of need. I bless them with a hunger after your spirit. A hunger after you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you're not certain, please come to the front. If you are, you're welcome to go have some coffee. God bless you guys.